This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, October 5th. Week 41 of 2022. Yes, we're just 26 days away from Halloween, 34 days until the midterm elections, and just seven weeks away from Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's just four weeks after that. Yikes! This post-COVID world has really stepped up the pace. I'm just saying. And I'm Stan Friedman. Also just saying that this is Franchise Today. And as the pace continues to accelerate, so too does the quality of the stories shared here each week by an amazing roster of guests. Many thanks to College Hunk's co-founder Nick Friedman for being both entertaining as well as informative last week. It's not every day that we have someone with Nick's credentials, that being the very first guest on the very first episode of Shark Tank way back in August 2009, as well as being first up in this year's premiere episode of Undercover Boss. In my view, College Hunks is the epitome of a Cinderella story, and Nick and Omar have done a fabulous job of building out their brand strategy as well as their opportunity. This week, another great story follows, as Andrew McQuiston, president of Goldfish Swim Schools, brings us his story and that of his brother and sister-in-law as their leadership has propelled the growth of their franchise to amazing new heights. When I return in two minutes or less, Andrew will join me to share his story and that of Goldfish Swim School. Franchise Today will be right back, but first a word from our sponsors. Hey, franchisors of restaurants, bars, grills, and taverns, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. Atmosphere TV wants to help you cut costs on overpriced cable TV for your business and either replace it completely or partially if sports programming is essential at your locations. What Atmosphere TV provides are 100% free programming options with more than 50 channels of highly engaging and entertaining programming that is audio optional and guaranteed to please your customers and even increase their average ticket per visit. So here's how it works. Atmosphere hooks you up with an Apple TV HD receiver loaded with more than 50 channels of fully licensed, no cost to you, fun and lifestyle programming. These channels include Chive and Red Bull TV, bloopers, superhuman feats, and an array of viewing options that don't require sound to be enjoyed. And this offer is not just limited to restaurants or bars. No, any business with a TV screen in its waiting room can benefit from Atmosphere's free programming offer as well. So what are you waiting for? Cut the cord on overpriced cable and get Atmosphere TV with its 100% free, engaging, and entertaining programming options. Keep your guests happy while they wait to see you. Instead of watching the clock and their wait times, chiropractors, doctors, dentists, auto repair shops, anyone with TVs in your waiting rooms, jump onto this amazing offer today. And if you text the word FRANCHISE to 474747, Atmosphere will waive the $100 setup fee for the Apple TV HD receiver that they'll ship to you as well at no cost. Atmosphere TV, changing the way businesses view television. Find them online at atmosphere.tv and remember, 
text FRANCHISE to 474747 for the no-charge Apple receiver. Cut the cord and get rid of cable today with Atmosphere TV. Andrew McQuiston is proud to have had a front-row seat to Goldfish Swim School's rapid growth over the last decade. Prior to Goldfish Swim School, Andrew held a prominent role out west with a booming company that grew from $175 million in revenue to $400 million in about two years. Meanwhile, his brother and sister-in-law, Chris and Jenny, had opened Goldfish Swim School in Birmingham, Michigan, and were ready to scale the business. After learning about the business and believing in its potential, Andrew up and left his job out west and came back east to something golden. Today, as president and integrator, he works tirelessly with the leadership team to think big picture, execute the plan, and meet targeted goals. In fact, he attributes the company's success to their relentless focus on internal teams, franchise owners, and the business operations. A father of two, Andrew has a deeply rooted passion for the business and its mission, and strongly believes in living by the Goldfish core values particularly going above and beyond with every detail to create a golden experience. Andrew McQuiston, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you, Stan, for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure knowing you over the years, and I'm excited to be here chatting with you. I think it's been a, a number of years since Chris, your brother, was seated in the hot seat. And it's not really a hot seat because we have fun here. This isn't 60 Minutes or anything like that. And a shout out too to our good friend, Dan Israel, who I know has listened to this podcast for years and is part of your corporate team as chief legal counsel and development, both. That's right. He is. He's a man of many talents. Well, that's a great position to be in. There's nobody else but him to approve a deal. It's great. That's right. I used to dread having to bring deals to legal to make sure I could get them pushed through. But I guess if legal is selling them, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, he's grown a lot over the years. And he came in just very successful and passionate about the business. But his care for our brand and his ability to connect with our ownership groups and people just around the country has been fantastic and really taken us to the next level. Well, I think it shows and it's a testament to the leadership of the company that you've got a team as tightly knit as yours has been through the years. Let's do what we do every week, Andrew. We talk about how franchising is an unintentional way of doing business. Unless you're born into a family as a second or third generation, you don't find franchising. It tends to find us. So we're curious about your story and, and how that happened. And why don't you bring us up to date on you and franchising and when and where you connected? That sounds great. I appreciate it. So franchising for me started back in 2008. And prior to that Chris and I and Jenny and, and Chris and Jenny are married, my brother and my sister-in-law, and we all grew up here in Birmingham, Michigan, and were very active in sports, and you'll get a little bit of that throughout this story, but we each went to separate colleges, so I went to the University of Denver and played lacrosse out there for four years, Division One school uh, for athletics, and my brother went to Michigan State and played baseball there for four years, and Jenny went to the University of Arizona and swam there for four years. And interestingly, we all were captains of our teams our senior year, and so we really think that that played into just our leadership kind of qualities and, and things that we appreciate. The, the joke that I think all of our parents really do not like that we make when we onboard new team members or talk to franchisees is that we learn a lot more on the field and in the pool than we did in the classroom. So our parents love that investment into the uh, academic world, but it really was the athletics that helped us to be able to build a great team that we have here today. So I went to school, like I said, at the University of Denver, and then I moved out to Southern California and worked out in Newport Beach for a couple of years and worked for a large privately owned water bottling company and their management training program and just had really, really good experience working with large corporations. 
and being in meetings that I probably should not have been, but it gave me experience that I would not have gotten anywhere else right out of college. And so during that time, that was in 2006 when I graduated from the University of Denver, moved out to California, and I got to experience and witness Chris and Jenny open the first goldfish swim school here in Michigan. And really by way of my parents and Jenny's parents helping them figure out financially how to make it work. And I got to see them open their doors with 510 students in March of 2006 from a distance. And it always intrigued me, but I had my life going in Southern California. And they had a lot of people in those, even the beginning year of business that they would walk in and think that it was a franchise business and that they had bought into something. And then those that knew them just saw their success as they continued to grow and and mature in business and wanted to invest with them or alongside of them. And it got to a certain point where there were so many folks that were interested in the goldfish potential that they decided to partner with another group by way of franchising. So they said, hey, if we become legal to franchise, would you be our first franchisee? And this group, which is currently in today our largest franchising system, Chris and Jenny made the leap to, to start the franchise journey because they would agree to be the first franchisee in Farmington Hills, Michigan. And so at that point in time, Chris and Jenny said, hey, we started this new company. We need our first employer, at least help, because Chris and Jenny just had their first son, Charlie, at this point in time. So Jenny took a little bit of a backseat from the working world to be a mom. And so Chris and Jenny called me and said, hey, we'd love for you to join this team that we're building and putting together. And, and of course, I had no idea about franchising or what it was. And frankly, Chris and Jenny had no idea about franchising, what it was outside of a business that you hope to put systems and processes to to replicate it time and time again. So I was in New York City for an Oracle conference because what I did in my job in Southern California was outside of work with the customer service team, I also worked on a massive Oracle implementation from a, an old software system that they had. So I was in New York, I flew back to Detroit on a Saturday, uh, Saturday morning, I met with Chris and Jenny at the school in Birmingham, just sat at the front desk, worked pool deck, and just got a feel for what Goldfish was in a few short hours and had dinner with them that night and flew back to Southern California on Sunday. I walked into my office on Monday morning, and this was in September, and I quit my job. And I I walked outside before I quit my job, but I said, hey, Chris, I thought about what we talked about on Saturday for a whole 48 hours, and I'm ready to to move back in four weeks. I'm about to walk into my boss's office and tell him that. And he was like, are you serious? I thought you'd take a little bit more time to think about it. And I'm type A. Chris is his time to... meticulously plan something out and think through it and look at every different angle. I'm a bit more of like, let's go. So we're a really good blend in how we process and work through things as a, as a team. And so, but nonetheless, I, I quit my job and I moved back in October of 2008. And we worked, it's a pretty typical entrepreneurial story. I moved in with my parents and every morning I got in the car and drove to Chris and Jenny's house and we worked in the basement and we were as quiet as possible because my sister-in-law Jenny was upstairs, you know, dealing with Charlie, their newborn. And so it was just a really, really fun experience because it was all the things that you hear about when you're starting a business and not knowing what to do and waiting for emails to come in, waiting for the phone to ring. And it was through lots of networking and relationships that we started to really understand franchising. One of the big things that was suggested to us early on was becoming part of the IFA. And that definitely helped get a lot of the relationship stuff underway for us back in the very beginning. The time spent in the basement was 2008? I was in 2008. So it's kind of a, it's a funny story because I somehow, when I lived in Southern California, I was connected with one of the founders of Wahoo's Fish Tacos, which I think has somewhat slowed their development over the years. But nonetheless, when Chris and I were just sitting around looking at each other, trying to figure out quite literally, who do we just call to ask advice about franchising? I called one of the, I think it was brothers. I can't even remember. It's so long ago at this point in time. And I said, Hey, this is Andrew McQuiston. I met you in Southern California. I just moved back to Detroit. I'm working with my brother and sister-in-law. We 
we've got this business goldfish swim school we teach young children how to swim we have one location and we're getting into franchising can you share with me is anything one just one thing that you think i should do to get the ball rolling what, what would that be and he said stop franchising because it's 2008 detroit of all places in the united states at that point in time right. was really Capital, going down sure. all my buddies that i knew from college were moving away not back so i was that oddball but the business continued to keep growing and through i think the the real blessing in that point in time was when we saw detroit changing and the united states changing from a, an economic perspective what we found was moms and dads out there that were using our service which is swim lessons they continued to keep coming and frankly we had our enrollment numbers were growing during that time so what it showed us is that the swim lesson need for children the safety aspect of what swim lessons offers to families and that security of their children learning how to be safer in and around the water really was a real thing and so we saw parents around our area here spending less on other things but continuing to spend on swim lessons so that for us was really helpful too because it also was giving us the ability to show and demonstrate to potential franchisees through item 19 because we didn't show our financials right away but we showed enrollment numbers because we didn't have a lot of basis for financial performance we just had the one school in birmingham but we could show enrollment numbers and that worked out well for us because they could just see growth at a time where no business really was growing. That was a big thing for us and really proved out the model. And then we opened our first franchise in Farmington Hills in 2009. We opened no schools in 2010 and we opened two locations in 2011. So we saw really slow growth in the very beginning because like anything else, growing business is really hard. Franchising is really hard. And what uh, it allowed us to do was we hired a firm in Chicago that put this grandiose plan together saying that we open 50 locations in five years. And that was, although something that got Chris and Jenny and I really excited about the potential for what goldfish could and would be down the road, it was definitely not what was going to happen. Like anything else, you throw a guard to the wall and you hope that that's what's going to happen if it looks good to you. We're thankful that it didn't happen that way and that we had a lot of slow growth because quite frankly, it allowed us to slow down, make some mistakes and not affect a whole lot of locations, just a handful, and then continue to grow from there. So now we're a place where we're opening 25 to 35 locations a year and we've got a team of 50 plus team members at our home office here in Troy, Michigan that help from every facet of just getting the deal closed to helping shepherd franchisees through the construction process, through the real estate process, through the purchasing of FF&E training. We've got a robust training team here. We've got a programs and services team, which helps manage a lot of the technology that we're using and the franchisees are encouraged to use as well. And so interestingly, and in, in kind of in a humorous way, we really had no clue what we were doing in the beginning, which is so great because that's how a lot of really great businesses start. But we've been able to develop a, an amazingly talented team of people around Chris and I and Jenny to put one foot in front of the other and support the franchise system and create a really strong foundation at which we've been able to grow on today. So as we sit here today, we've got 100. 33 open locations and we're around 32 states around the country and we're also we have two locations in the greater toronto area up in canada as well and we're looking at opening over the next two years about 75 locations so that'll be our two biggest growth years we've ever had and you know interestingly coming out of the pandemic so we're very excited our franchise base is very excited for what's going on and yeah that's where we're at today so you shared a number earlier when you came back out from california you said you came and saw the first class or you saw the first group of swimmers you shot a number out. What was that number? We had 510 swimmers on the very first day of the very first location back in 2006. And I picked up a number on your website that told me some astronomical number, I think 150,000 swimmers a week today. Which which actually is, I wish that was tapped directly into our, our POS system, but it is not. We have about 187,000 <laughs> students coming in and out of our doors on a weekly basis across all of our locations. And so uh, that, number, that number continues yeah, that number continues to grow. And 
one of our consulting firms was in this past week, and we are now at this stage in the game where we built the business off of our gut, and we're finally at this stage, which it seems weird to say finally, but we're finally at the stage where we can take all the data and manipulate it and dissect it and make really good business decisions based off the data, not just how we feel about something, because how you feel and how things really are are two different things. And so we challenged this group and said, hey, can you tell us how many unique lessons have we taught over the last 15, 16 years? And so they showed that to us yesterday and we have taught, and this is not summers, this is just unique classes, but we have taught over 10 million classes worth of lessons from 2006 until today. And so if in theory, every class is four students at 40 million swim lessons per child, uh, but nonetheless, it's 10, over 10 million classes that we have taught. So we're really excited just with that. That's very cool. And, and it's a huge number, but the impact that comes along with that through water safety for families in these different communities that we serve is what really genuinely gets us most excited because we are a cause-driven business that yes, our franchisees make money and yes, we make money, but we get to do something that is helping create this sense of security and safety for families where they otherwise may not have the opportunity to partake in some lessons to do that. We're talking with Andrew McQuiston, president of Goldfish Swim Schools. We're going to continue the conversation and come back and talk more about the value proposition to consumers and a little bit about the differences between goldfish pre and post-COVID. But first, we're going to take a quick time out. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zorforum, a somewhat similar type of executive group. But this one comes with a twist. Zorforum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zorforum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zorforum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zorforum. Learn more at Zorforum.com. That's www.Zorforum.com. My conversation continues with Andrew McQuiston, president of Goldfish Swim Schools. Andrew, I remember being out in Birmingham and seeing the size of the place. I mean, I know yours is an office as well, but the footprint that you guys are building out, has it altered at all since COVID or how has COVID changed the footprint of your business? Sure. It, it definitely has altered and not, not just because of COVID, but also just because I think of the natural evolution of our brand. And years ago, we considered ourselves an 8,000 to 10 or even at times we have some schools that are 12,000 and, and more in terms of square footage. But now we're focusing on a smaller square foot school just because with all things and inflation and whatever else is going on in the world, we have definitely been seeing higher rent costs, higher build-up costs, all those types of things that are increased the, just the upfront expenditure for uh, upfront and long-term expenditures for our franchisees. So we're looking at uh, even piloting some schools that are six to 7,000 square feet and really 
figuring out how we can still get the same amount of throughput in our facilities because we can still construct the same size pool and we can modify a few things by maybe having one less office or now we're doing mobile front desks. We used to build these big, not C, quite C-shaped, but desks at the front that took up a lot of space and really not necessary. So now we have these mobile front desk kiosk type situations where instead of just handing the welcome packet to the member that walks in the front door, we can walk around and hand it to the mom or dad or whomever's there bringing their child to some lessons, almost like a Nordstrom type experience where it's more relational, which is what we're striving to be with our customers is, is just more in it with them and have that local mom and pop feel. And, you know, we love franchising. Franchising is great, but we also know that our successful locations and most successful brands feel like it was built by Tom and Sue down the street and they own it and run it and train the people and all that. So we love the franchise processes and procedures and systems that we have put in place, but we encourage our franchisees to behave and, and be in the business just as if they started it on their own, but benefit from all the branding that we bring to the table. Let's talk some about the value proposition to consumers who have choices, right? So what is it about Goldfish that endears your brand to moms making decisions about where to send their kids for swim lessons? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we have to offer and, and that we bring to the table is that we are always continuing and, and even right now going through a customer experience journey mapping process where we're hiring some consultants to help us identify gaps where we already think we're the brand leader in a lot of different ways. But with that, we also know that there are a lot of opportunities for us to insert ourselves in our members' relationship with us, that journey that we can do better. And, and I think there's a few things with relation to just the way that we communicate with them, with the way that we make sure that they understand where their children are at in the program. So there's some of those things that we're improving. But I think from the value proposition to a member and to our franchisees, it's really that we are providing the most premium learn to swim experience that children are going to get anywhere in the country. And so the thing that's exciting for us about that is that is our sole focus is making sure that we're premium because my learn to swim experience as a kid was in class sizes of 10 to 1. 10 students to one teacher. And the largest class size that we have is six to one for the mini classes where the parents are in the pool with the kids. And then we go down from that, we go to four to one and then three to one and, and two to one from there. So we really think that it's the small class sizes, high touch environment where we've got exceptional training and programs to educate our franchisees and their employees on what it looks like to teach the best swim lessons. And then we also run through different processes and procedures to give us feedback on swim lesson quality. We have a whole team of people here at our headquarters in, in Troy, Michigan, that only focus on swim lesson quality. And so we have what we call swimologists at our schools, and they are folks that walk the pool deck, and they are constantly coaching and training the swim teachers on how to do things the right way. Because as brands grow and get bigger, it gets a little more difficult to maintain quality, whether it's a food or a service or whatever it is. And that quality gets really, really challenging to maintain. So we put this in place through throughout COVID, where we've we hire and train swimologists at our locations. So they can make sure that the swim lesson quality is the same across the whole entire brand. And if those folks fly into our headquarters and get trained up here and then they go back to the school and they make sure that they're upholding those brand standards. So, and I just, I say that because I know from other competitors out there that curriculums and, and the way that lessons are taught are very different and are, as we believe, is best in class. And you're dealing with the most precious commodity in the world, right? Children. How young 
are the youngest swimmers that are taught to swim at your schools? So we start at four months, and that is shocking to a lot of people. But, you know, I've got two kids. I have an eight-year-old daughter named Lucy and a five-year-old son named Smith. And they both, whether they knew it or not at that point in time, were in the pool at four months old, and they still take swim lessons today. So, Hmm. you know, it wouldn't look good if one of the owner's kids wasn't taking swim lessons. And my brother's four boys are phenomenal swimmers. They're following their mother's footsteps in terms of what that looks like, but they're going to have great swimming careers if they choose to continue that. We start at four months and we go all the way till 12 years of age. And the majority of our students are between the three to six year range. And that's just because some people are apprehensive to start early because they think that it's either not beneficial, it's just too young or not for them at that point in time. But the reality is there are having kids, like I, I mentioned, there is really nothing else that you can do when your child is four or five or six months old because they don't have the ability to go to a gym reader or my gym and hold their head up and play with other families. So it's really been a great way for parents and other young parents in their community that have kids that are the same age. Do you guys do parties as well, or is it all strictly swim lessons? We do parties at a lot of our locations. And so when locations start out early on in their existence, when a location just opens, they may have two to four parties per week on the weekends. And then as businesses mature and there's more of a demand for swim lessons and getting kids in the pool, some locations will drop down to just doing one party a week. But yes, we do offer parties. They're two hours in length and they're it's a great way to also get other families introduced into the business. Well, when you're dealing with families with kids as young as four months up to 12 years, I would suggest that the lifetime value of a customer is pretty rich. You are correct. You are correct. And so in the other piece of that as well as majority of families in the United States have, I think the average is 1.8 kids or whatever that looks like. But there's also a lot of communities that we serve where there's families with lots of kids. We're in places like Utah where that average is much higher. And you know, you get one child in and then you get the next child and the next child. And we offer discounts for multiple children in the program. And that's one thing that we're working on with this customer experience journey mapping is in a way that is very authentic with our members is understanding potential pain points they have with us as how we interact with them so that we can encourage a longer length of stay in the program if that is what it is supposed to be for that child. Because we want to make sure that as long as we're working really well and and following the process and procedures, if we can keep them longer and get them earlier, it really is a win-win for us and for that family. And so that's one thing that we're really focusing on for the system is to be able to bring some of those deliverables back so that we can implement some practices to encourage better communication, better lessons, and a happier customer at the end of the day, because those customers will continue to be repeat marketing people for you out there as well. No doubt. Let's spend a minute or two on the franchise side of the business and talk some about who it is that makes the ideal franchisee. Have you mapped that out? We have. We look for folks that have a high net worth, two plus million dollar investment. And certainly if you're building downtown Manhattan, it's going to be a lot more than that. But on average, it's a a two to two and a half million dollar investment in terms of getting a school going. And if you are a franchisee or potential franchisee that wants to open more than one school, then your cash investment is going to be much higher and your ability to borrow money is going to look a little bit different. But we are, we're looking for franchisees that are entrepreneurial risk takers, but that want to follow a system and a process. If we get a bunch of franchisees that go rogue and want to do their own thing, that does not work well with us at Goldfish. We know that our best franchisees are ones that we have a, a mutual level of trust and respect and all of our relationships uh, are rooted in trust, whether it's anybody here in my home office within these four walls I'm sitting today or with any one of my franchisees. We are human, we make mistakes all the time. And our franchisees make mistakes, hopefully not all the time, but we're here to get better and support each other. And those franchisees that have that type of outlook are franchisees that we work really, really well with. 
I guess that's why a guy named Richard Simtob is the one who introduced us to one another, isn't it? That's right. That's right. He's a great guy and a great franchisee. And a great franchise professional all the way around. So if we were looking at who it is that makes the best franchisee, it's a pretty short list in terms of the universe of people that may be out there looking at franchises. What's your methodology for attracting those types of profiles and those high net worth individuals? Sure. So in the beginning, to be totally honest, it was all word of mouth in that friends of friends type kind of natural organic growth. And and that's not unique to us. That's franchising 101. It's nobody has a budget in the beginning and it's just your friend buys a franchise and then your other friend buys a franchise and so on, which can be really hard too, because sometimes that doesn't work out because your best friend that bought the franchise, expectations are in line. And then all of a sudden there's a falling out and that franchisee, those are the first in or the ones that you want the first out kind of thing. We are very fortunate. Our first franchisees in, we consider friends and our, our top performers in the system. So we have a very unique situation as it pertains to that. And we're very happy with our early on franchisees. And so it's been a very, I would say, different journey for us here at Goldfish. And I think a lot of those norms in franchising, we've been able to curb just by way of working on the relationship. And Chris and I talk a lot about being humble, hungry, and smart. And I think we bring a lot of humility to the table because we think that we're really good in a lot of ways, but we also know that there's opportunities for us to learn from our franchise system. So that's where being humble in that regard and then then hungry just to work really hard every single day and show up and then being smart, which is not a, a, I got a 4.0 at whatever college I went to. It's smart is people smarts. And that's one thing that we really lean on to do because we like to think that we put a, a really great team of people together that are people smart so that we may have a way of doing business. However, if something comes up and we need to shift and pivot and do this or do that to support franchisees in new and different and unique ways, well, then we're going to do it because that's the best thing and that's the right thing for the business. So one of our core values is you do the right things, make the right decisions and treat people with integrity, compassion, and trust. And so sometimes, yes, we have a way of doing things or a protocol, but sometimes you just throw that stuff out the window and you just treat people the right way and do the right thing. What's your position on brokers? Do you work with them? We do not work with brokers. So I guess getting back to that point is we grew organically in in the beginning. We are now over the past two and a half years, we've been spending money on marketing and we do a lot of PR. We do some Google ads and those are fine. They're not great. And, you know, when you're trying to find somebody to invest in a business that is at a minimum of two and a half million dollar investment just for one location, they are not at every corner to your point. So it's hard to find them, but we go to trade shows and we've gone to multi-unit conference. And quite frankly, we have found a lot of great franchisees at multi-unit conference and other conferences in general. And Dan and Patty, our director of franchise sales who works with Dan, they just do a fantastic job, again, coming back to relationships, creating relationships with good people that you have an interest in the business. And so that's been kind of the next generation is we have now kind of gone outside of that friends and family ring. And that took a long time, but we've gone to this next layer of just really smart people that are frankly involved in other franchise businesses, which is where we found a lot of folks coming out of multi-unit things like that, that have an interest in Goldfish, which has been very exciting for us. We're about to turn the final turn. I wonder if you would spend a minute or two talking about philanthropy and are you tied to any national charities or do your franchisees make those decisions locally? Both. So we are connected with the USA Swimming Foundation. And so we work with, we've got, we have two brand ambassadors that work with the foundation. So we work with Ryan Murphy and we work with Colin Jones. And both of those guys are, again, great friends of ours, but also great brand ambassadors for Goldfish. And Colin is no longer swimming in the Olympics and he really is solely focused on his charitable work with the the foundation. He also works with Speedo. Uh, Ryan Murphy just swam the Olympics this last go round. He's training again for the Olympics coming up here. So they're great brand ambassadors. They're great friends. And the USA Swimming Foundation is an organization that we've been tightly paired with in terms of bringing some lessons 
to other areas of the United States where there are less fortunate families and kids out there that just don't have access to pools and swim lessons. So we work with them to fundraise and bring awareness to that. And then on to outside of the national kind of charitable focus, we do a lot of local give back as well. So one of the things that we're doing here in Birmingham in Michigan is we bring folks in from other surrounding areas that are less fortunate and don't have access to pools. And we bring them in, we give them some lessons, and it's focused on the curriculum that we teach to everybody else that come and they pay for lessons. But it's also focused a lot on just fun. So we have fun with some of the children that come through. And then we feed them lunch and we give them a meal because sometimes some of the children that we're helping to bring in and just give this experience to don't have some of those basic needs. So that's one of the things that we've worked on here locally. That's a new initiative for us and one that we're piloting and trying to see if we can't replicate that around a lot of our other locations as well. But then again, just getting back to our franchisees, partnering with local community outreach type programs, we, we our, our system is very, very good at that. Final question, Andrew. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you wished I did? See, wow, that's a good one. You're leaving up to me now. No, I think, you know, one of the things that that we have focused on over the last two years coming out of COVID. And I mean, we got absolutely crushed during COVID. So all of our locations were closed for anywhere from four to six months. And, you know, with no revenue coming in and we we struggled, but it really brought us back to some of the foundational tools of our business, which again, one of my teammates here calls me the broken record or the repeater because I say things over and over again, but I really think that's the best way to really drill things in and focus, but it's relationships with our franchisees. There are times where as you grow as a franchisor, franchisees believe that they're smarter, that they have been doing it longer, they're more in the weeds than we are on certain business practices or or the ways of doing the business. But we have never been closer with our franchise ownership groups. And we just, uh, this year, actually, we're trying something new. So we used to have a big conference where we would bring all of our owners and managers in from the country and have several hundred people at a conference. And it was really hard to make a positive impact on everybody when you're all together because they're two really different groups of people. So this year, we have what we call an SLS, which is a school leadership summit. So we brought all of our managers and owners if they wanted to come in to Troy. And we did a lot of really operational and marketing and curriculum-based trainings and, and focus group type work with our kind of operators of the business and brought those the owners in with them so they can understand what they deal with on a daily basis. And then next month, we're going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona, and we're having a, a conference just for the ownership group. So not the day-to-day operators of the business, but just owners, and it's only relationship-based learning. So we are doing, it's called an owner celebration. So one of our core values also is celebrate. And so of the two and a half days we spend together, only two hours of that is going to be in a conference room where we're going to give a high-level state of the company, where we came from, where we're at today, where we're going. And then we're going to focus on having fun with our owners and letting our owners talk and collaborate together because we oftentimes get together and we're running around 100 miles a second and we're not actually stopping to just network. And so that's what this is going to be next month out in Scottsdale. So we're very excited for that. But just getting back to basics, it's focusing on the things that are important, the foundation of what got us here today and repeating that over and over and over and over again. I'm certain that there's going to be somebody in this audience who's been lit up with a lot of what they've heard here during this conversation and want to get back in touch. How about some contact info? That sounds great. So we've got our main website, which is www.goldfishswimschool.com. And then if you want to get in touch with Dan and Patty on the franchise sales and marketing side of things, it's www.goldfishfranchise.com. You can fill out a simple form and they'll get back to you. Uh, and if I know Dan and Stan, like you know Dan, he will get back to you in four <laughs> seconds. So he's the fastest emailer, texter, phone caller you'll ever meet in your whole entire life. Well, pass along a hello from me again. And it's really been a pleasure having you here, Andrew, as you continue to bring your services and your concept to deserving families around the country and around the world. Thanks, Dan. Really appreciate it.
Well, that's it for today. Join me again next Wednesday when we're joined by Squeeze Massage co-founder and CEO Brittany Driscoll. Until then, I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.